where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. For my money, he is one of the best baseball analysts in the country. He is Buster Olney. You can find his work over at ESPN.com. You can catch him on the ESPN broadcast, including Cardinals versus Cubs this Sunday night on ESPN. It's at 6 o'clock. Buster Olney joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Buster, we always appreciate the time, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just got off a, uh, a preparation call for Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, you know, on with Matt Pascursion and Alex Rodriguez. Beautiful. Well, we're looking forward to that broadcast. Let's start there, Buster. We've got a million things we want to get into you, uh, into with you rather. But what have you made of this Cardinals team so far this season? One guy in particular that I definitely wanted to ask you about was Tyler O'Neill, because my goodness, has he been absolutely amazing for them over the course of the last month? Yep, it's like he's absolutely putting everything together. Um, you know, he's always someone that uh, you know you, you knew had physical talents. But you can see the experience in his plate appearances. You can see the confidence that he plays with. Uh, and he's got some swag, you know. And in a time when we talk about that so much with, you know, guys like Ronald Acuna Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr., Tyler's got that kind of swag too. Um, you know, generally about the Cardinals, it feels like at the moment like they're in survivor mode. Um, we On the call that we just had, you know, I mentioned to the other guys that, I can't think of many injuries, if any injury, uh, with other teams that potentially has more impact than Flaherty going down for the Cardinals uh, because he just is not someone that they can necessarily replace with the guys that they have on, uh, you know, on their staff. Uh, it's, it's tough to replace an ace. And you know, he's going to be out a long time, and when he comes back, you wonder how he's going to be. Um, you know, I'm sure that in the front office, they're going to be examining the question of whether or not there's somebody worthwhile to go and pursue. Uh, and it does feel like for me anyway, the question is, you know, can the, the Cardinals rope a dope it here for the next six to eight weeks leading up the trade deadline up to when Flaherty comes back, um, you know, or and stay close with the, the Cardinals and the Brewers or will one of those teams, those other two teams take off in the division. What's the necessity level, you think, Buster, to try and hold off to the trade deadline? Because, of course, more big fish are going to be available, and that big name is Max Scherzer. Or do you think John Mozeliak and the Cardinals, because of the situation in the NL Central, has come to the point where you might have to just be desperate and go make a trade now? Yeah, and you probably can go get you know a depth guy. Kyle Gibson, for example, uh, of the Texas Rangers, comes to mind. He's not an elite guy. 
you know, a Mike Miner, um, you know, uh, at some point, you know, he maybe you can go and get him. Um, I, I think just given the – even before uh, Flaherty went down, there were questions about depth with the Cardinals' rotation. So they probably could benefit from that. But if I'm the Cardinals, I'm not betting big yet, right? Because uh, I think you got to see more from the team and whether or not they're going to respond. You'd hate to go out and, you know, give up major resources. And, and look, Scherzer's not available yet, but let's just say he was. Uh, you wouldn't want to go out and give up major resources. And then by the time, you know, Jack came back, that, you know, you potentially could be six or eight games behind the, the Brewers or, or Cubs. I think they have to wait and see uh, how they play. But I do think they could uh, benefit from a, a depth trade now. Buster, how much do you think it would cost you, Kyle Gibson? And do you think the Rangers, given where their season's at right now, I mean, they're 15 games below 500. It feels like yeah. this is already a lost cause for them. Do you think they would be willing to talk trade already? Absolutely. You know, you could call the Cubs about Matt Boyd. Um, you know, who would be a little bit more expensive. Um, now, the prices are high because there's just not that many sellers right now. I was talking with a general manager the other day about this, and he goes, you know, not only is the industry, you know, at this at this stage still really focused on the, the draft, which is on July 11th, but there's just not many teams out in the marketplace right now. And so if you are the Texas Rangers and you got phone calls uh, about Kyle you might ask for a, you know, a B-plus return. Um, by the time we get to the end of July, maybe you're getting a B-minus return for him when there are a lot more starting pitchers available. And I do think they're going to be a decent number of names. There's no question that Max, uh, if, in fact, the Nationals decide to become sellers and they don't you know, turn around between now and then, he would be the biggest name on the board. Uh, what are some other names, Buster? Because we've been trying to wrap our heads around that, and we brought up uh, Kyle Gibson. We brought up Matt Boyd. We brought up a couple of different names. Jose Barrios Jose is Barrios a long-term option. But are there other yep. names out there that that maybe people aren't talking enough about that could become available come closer to trade deadline time? Well, I mean, you guys hit on the big ones for sure. You know, one name, and I was actually going to work on a column about this between now, uh, you know, in the middle of next week, is I really think considering where the Phillies are, you know, not playing well, I think there's a chance the Mets separate themselves. I think they absolutely should put Zach Wheeler out on the market, you know, for the same reason that the Cubs did with you, Darvish, where, you know, it, it not only, uh, you know, when Zach Wheeler signed his contract, he was at a different time for the financial landscape around baseball. Now Zach is one of the highest paid starting pitchers in baseball. He's having an excellent year. His value will never be higher for the Phillies than it is right now, and they need other payroll flexibility. So I, I do wonder if they'll go down the road between now and July 31st of perhaps moving him. Um, but let's face you know, a lot of what's got to happen. Uh, John Gray of the Rockies, absolutely. Herman Marquez of the Rockies. I, I think those are two other names to watch. I do think that by the time we get to July 31st, it'll be a better climate for teams that are seriously looking for starting pitching. Buster, final thing trade deadline-wise that I wanted to ask you about before we get over into the biggest story in the sport right now nationally, which is, of course, the, the foreign substances uh, rules that are taking effect here pretty soon. The Chicago Cubs, do you think the way they've played so far this year has changed the, the marketplace for them? Are, are they now looking more as buyers than they were as sellers at one point? No doubt about it. Uh, I think that, you know, as they started the year so slowly, uh, you know, in mid-April, they had some of the worst offensive numbers in baseball. I think that front office was absolutely prepared to sell big, you know, to deal 
Chris Bryant and to deal Rizzo during the year and deal Javier Baez, and, and that's changed now. Now, I, I think given the financials losses last year that the that the ownership uh, you know uh, experienced, I don't think they'll be really really big buyers, but I do think they'll be at this point measured buyers. I would also say that it's a fluid situation. You know, I think the Cubs are playing well and they're hitting really well. But if, you know, for example, they were to lose 20 of the next 30 games, they could boomerang right back into that situation when they could decide to become sellers. And I, and I, I bet you that there's a little bit of if they wind up, uh, you know, being buyers and then not playing that well down the stretch, there'll be some remorse in the front office because given the current situation, they got a lot of pieces, guys uh, who have value in the current market. So, Buster, of course, the biggest topic right now in baseball is the substance situation and checking the pitchers. And uh, where are we at right now? And any updates? Because it seems like we're moving closer to Major League in- implementing this into games. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the conversations, finalizing the plan, they're going on right now. I've talked to sources who say they believe that a memo could go out to teams now uh, at the beginning of next week. That'll be processed for a few days, and, made, and then Major League Baseball will order umpires to enforce the rule that's on the books. And from what I understand, you know, that could mean eight to ten checks of pitchers per game. It's going to be like, a, as it's described to me, like a DUI checkpoint. It's going to be random. Um, and they're also cognizant of the fact that they don't want to slow down the pace of play. So a lot of the checks might actually take place at the end of a half inning or at the end of an outing for a pitcher. So, you know, the TV goes to commercial break, pitcher's walking off the mound, and then the umpire's going to go out and he's going to say, show me your hand, show me your glove, you know, show me your cap or whatever's going on. And one thing to keep in mind, too, and uh, you know, because the cameras have been ubiquitous, uh, in recent years, and you know, there's been so much focus on this this year. Major League Baseball actually has compiled to what it effectively scouting reports on pitchers, where they're going to be able to say to umpires at the outset of a series, you know, uh, you know, lefty Buster only for the Seattle Mariners likes to keep uh, pine tar on his left hip inside his belt. That's the spot you want to check. And so the umpires will be armed with that information as those big games begin. It's, it's going to be very interesting, and it's going to be persistent. Um, and I, as I say, I would not be surprised if it starts to go into effect maybe at the end of next week. Hey, Buster, how much credit does Mike Schilt deserve for kind of making this an open conversation? It started with Joe West coming out and confiscating the hat from Giovanni Gallegos. <laughs> but then Mike Schilt, at least in my opinion, kind of put some pressure on baseball to do something about this with his amazing, honestly, and open comments after that game, kind of blowing the lid on what had been an open secret within the sport. Well, I think he got a lot of credit from his peers about saying something out loud, but I will tell you that the conversations were well down the tracks uh, going down this path. And, and I know that because when Joe West did that, people on both sides, the Players Association and, uh, and with MLB, went ballistic behind the scenes. They were furious with Joe because their feeling was, wait a second, we have these really sensitive talks going on between two sides that have a terrible working relationship. Um, you know, one side was effectively believing that the other side, uh, you know, may have jumped the gun trying to embarrass the other side. 
Uh, you know, I know there were people who were upset with Joe and like, wait a second, you know, what made you do that? And, and I think everyone by the end of the, that conversation realized this was just Joe West being Joe West. But it absolutely, for a period of about 12 hours, it, it, there was a chance that the whole thing was going to unravel because of the, the incredible distrust between the two sides and how Joe's action was taken. But Mike, you know, Mike's words were absolutely direct and blunt in what a lot of people have been saying behind the scenes. Buster Olney is our guest for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. You can check him out on Twitter. He's at Buster underscore ESPN. Always find his work at ESPN.com, and you'll see him on the broadcast for Cardinals versus Cubs this Sunday night on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. All right, Buster, I did want to ask you, you know, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about on the station is what does this mean for offense? Because if they're going to crack down on this, there's a reason why they're doing that, at least I would imagine, in part because we've talked so much about how this is the worst batting average since the summer of 68 for, for hitters, and you've got strikeout rates that are increasing. What does this mean for offense in the sport? And it will absolutely uh, be a situation where you're going to see nerds like me, you know, doing presentations on television, and we're going to be looking at the before and after for the dates when they start the enforcement. So you will see charts that say, here's what the batting averages were before, here's what they were after. I think there's a chance to get to have a significant difference. And, uh, I mean, keep in mind this. Pitchers wouldn't be doing this stuff if it didn't work. Paul Ambikides, who's a great researcher for us, uh, dug out this number that if you have a – any slider curveball with a rotations per minute over 2,500 that the opponent's batting average, once you get over 2,500, drops from 269 to 189 on those pitches. Wow. Okay? As one general manager said to me, it's like these guys are throwing wiffle balls with how much movement there is. So there could be a, a big change there. And look, it's driven. You're right. The change is driven in part by – uh, the diminished offense around baseball, and it's also absolutely driven by the position players, which completely reminds me of what happened in the steroid era. By the time we got to 2000, 2001, the clean players or players who wanted to be clean were enraged, and they forced the leadership of the union into drug testing because they figured out in a zero-sum competition, look, if uh, the other players were having an advantage, guess what? That was money out of their pockets. The same thing has happened here. You know, and guys like Josh Donaldson, Giancarlo Stanton have given voice to this in the last week where they figured out if you have pitchers dominating, well, guess who pays the price for that? It's the position players. And those guys, from what I understand, a lot of the information that's been collected by Major League Baseball has been video sent in by by position players saying, look at what this cheater's doing. (laughs) Look at this video of what this guy's doing. And so the – you know, the position players have turned on the pitchers and it's driven a lot of the change that we're going to see. Buster, final one for me. I find it fascinating just hearing different players and their opinions on situations, whether it be Trevor Bauer, Mike Trout. But the one that really got me was Pete Alonzo yesterday <laughs> from the Mets, where not yeah. only was he talking about how, you know, I don't really care what they use, but he also said that his bigger concern is that MLB seems to manipulate the balls year in and year out because of the free agency class. Yeah, and I love Pete Alonso. Uh, you know, he's as earnest and as open as anybody you're ever going to meet, and I completely disagree with him because I've been dealing with Major League Baseball people for a long time. They're not that organized. <laughs> and oh, by the way, uh, oh, by the way, if, in fact, in 2019, as he suggested, they were trying to augment uh, or, excuse me, retard the amount of money being paid to those pitchers, 
Well, Garrett Cole and his $324 million contract would tell you it failed because yeah. <laughs> you know, he broke the record by more than $100 million. Steven Strasburg got 245. So if there was somebody behind the scenes going, we're going to do the ball so we can hurt pitchers and free agency, it didn't work. And I, I, I just – no, I don't think they're that smart. Uh, well, like, we'll get you out of here on this one, Buster. Somebody on our text line actually asked this. It's an inter- interesting question, in my opinion. If the Cardinals did make a trade for Kyle Gibson in the near future, do you think that would take them out of the Max Scherzer sweepstakes given the cost? Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, and, and, I, and I as I mentioned, and this is just pure speculation from, from me, um, I, I think they need something to prop up their rotation to, to kind of keep him in play and buy time, uh, you know, to, to for the team to sort of define itself. But I can't imagine that if you're trading for Kyle Gibson, who you know is a, is a good major league pitcher, but I, he's not a star. Uh, I, I can't imagine you'd be ripping up the roots of your farm system to make it happen. Okay, so you don't think that they would be able to do both? No, I think you could. I think you potentially could wow. do both. Um, because I, you know, I just don't, I, I don't see the cost of Kyle Gibson being so outrageous. And if it was, then you can understand why, you know, John Mazalek would would hang up the phone. Sure. Interesting, Buster. We always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Enjoy the broadcast on Sunday night, and we'll talk with you again soon.